One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to bluenile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at bluenile.com for $50 off your purchase. bluenile.com code LISTEN. Welcome to another sparkling edition of Plank of the Week. I've got the plank right here. Uh, I've got two willing contenders to be able to award it to. And of course, uh, with your help, I have managed to find quite a few nominations this week uh, because it has been quite a remarkable week. I'm delighted to say uh, it is the return of Belinda DeLucy, uh, who is here from uh, Unlocked and also former Brexit Party MEP, of course. Russell Quirk, a self-confessed ethics man uh, and uh, man of the people. Belinda, let's kick off with you, though, because we haven't seen you for a while. So welcome back. It's lovely to be back. Yes, my first plank of the week is Naomi the Crim Campbell. Um, (laughs) So Naomi is probably one of the most uh, frequently arrested celebs that we have. Um, She has a violent temper, as we know. Um, and she's been charged on all sorts of assaults. Yes. Um, well, she was one of the first to sort of commit air rage, wasn't she? Well, on British that was very Airways. funny. On a British Airways flight, she had a massive temper tantrum. Uh, passengers had to flee the cabin for fear of their safety. <laughs> and then she ended up spitting at police officers and kicking them in the thigh with her heel boots and screaming, you're only doing this because I'm a black woman and things like that. And then, of course, she slapped and punched her maid. She's hit people with phones. <laughs> it's done time. She had to do five days cleaning loos. I mean, this woman. The list goes <laughs> on. Has, the list yeah. goes on. And then this very, very spoiled little diva. She reminds me of Veruca Salt from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. She then has the audacity this last week to sign an open letter with other sort of virtue signaling woke celebs, um, calling on several airlines to refuse to deport rapists and murderers yeah. and hardened criminals who are not British citizens. None of whom have been British citizens ever, by the way. None right? of whom have been. And then she has even worse. She then compares them to the Windrush generation. Yes. So not only does she does she want the, the safety of our streets compromised by keeping dangerous criminals on them rather than deporting, she insults the entire uh, Windrush generation by comparing them to rapists and murderers. One of these criminals shot someone in the back six times. Another one raped a poor woman once she was drunk on the sofa. These are nasty, no. nasty people and we have the right to deport them. They're not British citizens. But of course, Naomi, she saw an opportunity to, to, to virtue signal and it just sticks in my throat that you know a lot of these celebs sit in their ivory towers very um, entitled, very narcissistic, and they preach, preach, preach to the great unwashed, yes. i.e. me. And but, you know, I wonder that. whether they were also caught out because they're also frightened of actually saying anything against their little club of friends, right? So when they get asked to sign something, they probably go, oh, yeah, OK. But when it came out that these people were so hideous and had committed such terrible, terrible offences, they all went a bit quiet, didn't they? Very I, I, I do wonder, though, if these celebrity evangelists, because there's lots and lots of them now, isn't there? The Gary Linekers and the Emma Thompsons and the Hugh Grants of this world, if they actually believe it or there's some kind of clued-up PR firm behind them saying, look, mm. your profile's waning quite considerably. Yeah. We need you to get out there on social media 
and push your profile back up, yeah. so you need to kind of say some controversial things. I, I suspect they don't even mean it. They don't even actually have any conviction. Um, it's it's unlike the people they're defending. Well, indeed, who have yeah, lots, have lots of, uh, of convictions. Be yeah. yeah, exactly, and herself. <laughs> but it, Labour MPs joined as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this isn't just a celeb thing, unfortunately. It's just jumping on the bandwagon. Well, you can never underestimate the idiocy of, uh, <laughs> so, of Labour MPs, yeah, so though. It's definitely an extra plank. This week. Yes, I think I, I agree with that. And I th basically, I'm not sure Naomi Campbell has ever been on Plank of the Week. We've only been doing it this year, mind you, and so she hasn't really been in but the it's news. Because that she's much. fallen by the wayside and is a yesterday's girl, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I do remember those days. I was actually working in New York when Linda Evangelista and Naomi Campbell and all of that crowd were part of that whole supermodel thing, you know, an incredible time. But now you sort of wonder what happens to old supermodels. You know, where do well, they go? Yeah. What do they do? They've done community services. I think yeah. exactly. Well, Naomi, of course, thought she was the next messiah after she met um, Nelson Mandela. You yes. Know, she did then suddenly change into this sort of saviour of everyone. And I, I just can't bear this preaching from oh, people who have everything. They're so self-serving. Mm. Um, and they, they almost want to dislike... They dislike their own countrymen and women. Oh, yeah, they, they do. They make out that we're nasty, racist people. They're also not very keen, actually, on the people that they should be helping, which are the people they're constantly moaning about not uh, getting any help, i.e. the black community in London, for example. I mean, why don't you go and open up some kind of a you know, charity or do something that will help people rather than just spouting off about you know, a lot of criminals that she exactly. wants to keep in the country? Her platform would be far better used to protect and help these communities than, than defend the very criminals that put these communities yeah. at risk. And, and, that's, and that's celebs and for And it's you. pretty easy, isn't it, when you're wrapped in celebrity cotton wool, for you to kind of preach this, this kind of ultra-libertarianism almost, because you're not going to be affected by the fact that that no. murderer, that rapist, stays here, commits another crime, probably won't be against you or your family because you're in your kind of ivory tower. So it's very easy for them to say, yeah, let them off, let's all be nice and woke. Um, but, um, but, yeah, look, it's um, testimony to our woke society, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it really is. And the also, these you know, let's face it, if it wasn't for these people, we wouldn't have a show. So, you <laughs> know, so. let's, have, uh, let's have your first one, Russell. So, so mine is, is a number of people, um, and they can be categorised as individuals, but, but generally as the kind of the anti-Millwall crowd woke commentariat, oh, yes. should we say. So cast your minds back to the weekend when uh, Millwall players uh, in their... Their match against Derby took it upon themselves to take the knee before they kicked uh, a ball. Um, and, you know, the, the symbolism around that is supposed to, of course, be, you know, Black Lives Matter and so on. But the crowd, almost to a man and a woman, booed incessantly. Yeah. Um, and well, as Sky News put it, uh, a section of the crowd. Well, apparently well, quite a lot. Which I was like, actually, well, all of them really. Yeah, I think Alistair Campbell, though, said there weren't many that didn't boo. Well, look, the misconception to me is that... The, the, the misconception is that the reason that the crowd were booing is because the Millwall crowd are racist. And, of course, very easy for the hmm. commentariat to put that kind of racist label on, on a crowd like Millwall because, of course, they got form. But actually what I'd contend is that... Frankly, the, the football crowd, like the rest of us really, is a kind of general public audience, we're just pissed off with the politics. Yeah. I mean, if you pay 40 quid to go and watch a football match for the first time in many months, there are only 2,000 of them let in, the last thing you want to see is a sermon. Mm. The last thing you want to see is politics playing out in front of you for five or ten minutes as opposed to just playing a bloody game of football. Yeah. But then the Professional Footballers Association, Gary Lineker and actually Millwall Football Club themselves, I think, have said, we're going to try and identify the booers, which yeah. is ridiculous. In itself, yeah, but what are you going to do with them once you've identified yeah. them as well? No, they haven't no, broken no, the, any laws. The words were, they are going to hunt them down. They're going to hunt them really? down. So they're going to presumably ban them. I mean, what a load of woke claptrap. I know. It's, but have you not what, seen the latest news that Millwall have now come out and said that for the game against QPR, they're not going to do it? 
Well, so they've obviously actually now worked out that maybe the football supporters were right but they and they were gonna, wrong. But they are going to stand in a circle holding hands, yes. apparently, as some symbol towards something. But else. as somebody pointed out on, on Twitter, um, which I know is never a good thing to actually uh, necessarily rely upon, but, you know, they said, well, just like they were racist when everybody started the kick racism out of football campaign, which, of course, nobody objected to. Football fans were more than happy to, keep, to kick racism out of football, but mm. they just don't want all of this nonsense being done in their name. Exactly. And as you say, if you belong to a, a supporters association, and you pay a lot of money to go and see a football team. You want to watch them play football. And also, if you don't like the way they play football, you can also boo, which is what they do and, quite and, a lot. And let's be clear, and I know that the, the left don't like what I'm about to say, but Black Lives Matter is not just symbolic of black rights. It's also a registered political party yes. with Marxist tendencies. Yeah. So, well, that's dropped a lot of people in a lot of bad doo-doo now because like the Premier League, which supposedly was going to adopt Black Lives Matter as a slogan, mm. now is basically, they might as well adopt the Brexit Party as a slogan or the Tory Party or Reform UK or the Lib Dems. Can you imagine if you adopted the Lib Dems as a football team? Well, I mean, how on know. earth is it going to help sport anyway to politicise no. it? And if you want freedom of expression for the footballers to kneel, you have to allow the, the football fans to have freedom of expression yeah, to boot. Of course. You can't, why, is, are they, why are they always discriminating against football fans and thinking the worst mm. of them? They were clearly not booing because they don't like black players. They were booing because they're fed up of everything from TV shows to, to adverts to you name it, yeah. being politicised and being preached at. It's just a game of football. Of course, and also most of them don't believe, as, as I don't, that every single footballer doing that wants to do it. Mm. You know, they're doing it because they're more or less being forced into it because obviously not to do it would be a terrible, terrible thing. Um, and the origin of it as well is from America. Colin Kaepernick was an NFL, NFL player who wanted to object to the singing of the national anthem because he thought that America was a racist country. That's what it's about. It's not about kneeling down in Millwall or kneeling down in Lewisham or kneeling down in Liverpool. It's about kneeling down in the United States of America because you don't like the American flag being waved mm. when you think some of your fellow citizens are being murdered by the police, which is perfectly legitimate in America. Your, your point here. about freedom of expression, the left, unfortunately, now have become famous for allowing freedom of expression, but only if it's something that they agree with. Mm. Otherwise, you get, you know, vilified, abused, I mean, particularly on social media now. You know, the, the, the most poisonous criticisms I see are from the left. You know, very personal, very caustic, very nasty indeed. Well, they Yo. can never win through democratic means, so mm. the way they win is very underhand and through sort of power in the media, and that's, that's actually quite dangerous. Yeah, well, this is this whole kind of, you know... Um, pressure that they put on, the cancel culture that goes on, they try and stop people. It's not about, Peter Hitchens says this a lot, it's not about disagreeing with you. They actually want to stop you from saying it. They don't want you to be able to say it. Mm. They want you, for what you've just said, they would rather you weren't allowed to say that. Of course. They don't mind that uh, you've got a different opinion as yeah. long as nobody hears it. Well, it's quite easy to win an argument in a room when you're the only person in it. That's true. <laughs> That's true, but who would lean <laughs> to a political party anyway? Well, of like, course not. do that? Even, I know. You know, no matter how I strongly I feel about politics, I'd never kneel no. to a party, and that is what is, is happening. So I think standing and showing a symbolic, uh, you know, gesture to anti-racism, brilliant. But kneeling to a political right. party, no. No. It would be absolutely banned. In Absolutely right. And talking about kneeling for a political party, my first is Sir Keir Starmer, who's apparently self-isolating again. I don't know what's going on uh, with these politicians, right? But they seem to be able to, unable to avoid getting coronavirus, right? Boris Johnson was holed up for two weeks in Downing Street, even though there was nothing wrong with him, because he got sort of uh, uh, visited by some MP from the Tory backbenches who happened to be positive some days later. Keir Starmer now, uh, having already isolated himself once because a member of his family got it, he's now isolating again and having to do Prime Minister's questions remotely 
because one of his members of staff has got coronavirus. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. But that's not the reason uh, I put him in. The main reason I put him in is he's issued his Christmas card, right? And you know what his Christmas card is today? What's on it? It's so. him and Mrs. Starmer, or Mrs. Sakia Starmer. What do you call the wife of a sir? Is it a lady? She's a lady. It's a lady Starmer. Um, <laughs> clapping for the NHS. That's their Christmas card. Right? Picture of them outside their house clapping. Oh, does it say Happy Winterville as well? It, no, it does say Happy Christmas, I think. But I mean, Does it say at the bottom this is a party political broadcast on no, behalf of the it, Labour Party? No, but it should. It should. it should, shouldn't it? I mean, but how ludicrous is that? I mean, one, how about, I don't know, picture of some snow, reindeer maybe, tree? No, let's make a political statement. No, let's, let's show us because it's all about us yeah. and how virtuous we are. Also, yeah. that's so last season. I, mean, I know. Clapping was in March. Keep up with the time. And we don't have to clap for the NHS anymore now because we now get adverts telling us how great they are. Mm. You know, we've actually got one running on Talk Radio. You know, it's almost like it's some kind of bizarre, you know, religious cult that they've now well, started. Well, they're getting a pay rise after all. Like, they don't get anything <laughs> wrong. I'll tell you what I noticed, right? I was in on Saturday doing a show with Kevin O'Sullivan unusually for me, because normally I'm, I'm in Sussex on a Saturday. When I go, I walk past the guy's hospital every single day, right? I park my car on the other side, I walk past. Every single day, it's chock-a-block with ambulances, there's people on stretchers, there's people in wheelchairs, there's people with masks on, visitors, nurses, taxi drivers, blood guys on motorbikes, right? Walk past it on a Saturday, nothing. Absolutely nothing going on. No ambulances, no uh, motorcycles, no patients, no doctors, no nurses. How come the NHS only works five days a week would be my question. You know, if they're so bloody virtuous, why don't they work seven days a week like everybody else does? Yeah. I mean, does cancer take a day off well, yeah, yeah. on Saturday? Well, one if people are just ill Monday to Friday, yeah. Well, I mean, it's, I, I mean, it's remarkable. I'm serious. I mean, it was like a ghost town. I'd, I'd suggest that it's actually because despite all that's going on with the pandemic and COVID and all the alarmism, if you like, oh. um, hospital capacity is no different this year to last year. No, they didn't work Saturdays then either. It's the same. It's the I same. mean, but why though? Crisis, what crisis? It's not for angels, I do think that. Well, some of them are. The management, the management is is awful. They've made it into some kind of weird cult religion you can't criticise. Um, and, and, and it's awful because then people have this mistrust and it goes down to the staff when actually I think they're just trying, a lot of them are trying their best within that. I get all that. I just, I just really resent this kind of, you know, shoving it down your neck. Yeah, that this, is, you know, this is the greatest thing that was ever, ever made. It's almost like God created it yeah. and it's administered by God. Mm. And, you know, you should be incredibly grateful and lucky that you're paying through the bloody nose to, to, to give everybody a job. That, an institution that is way overdue reform. It's very, so. very inefficient. But well, my, say, well, we can't say that because then you get criticised of course, for criticising the nurses yes, and the and doctors. It's not and the, the nurses, we're, we're not. It's the processes, yeah. the management, yeah. the procurement, right. exactly. the inefficiencies. It is, absolutely right. I should have made it the NHS instead of Sir Keir Starmer. <laughs> but, uh, but it's Sir Keir Starmer is my first one. So who's your second one? Uh, my second plank of the week is uh, Nicola Sturgeon, yeah, yeah. the left's favourite nationalist. Um, and uh, she's their favourite, basically, because she's anti-English as well. So, allegedly, perhaps, maybe... Well, do you know she's um, become... No, but she's become much more anti-English. <laughs> well, I mean, it's only recently. Was, yeah, because they were the Tartan Tories yeah. long ago. Yeah. Um, but I think she's, she's defined the political movement now as being very anti-Westminster to the point that it is anti-English. Yeah. And yet, she gets away with everything. Mm. I mean, she is a nationalist leader. Yeah. Um, but she's embraced by the left. Anyway, she's my plank of the week because she's had a real swipe at the royals again right um Harry well, she more or less said they weren't welcome, didn't not she? Not Harry, she probably likes <laughs> Harry. Um, William and Kate have been doing a wonderful tour around the UK to pay their respects to um, people who have helped the vulnerable yeah. through COVID. You know, William and Kate have been visiting many places with surprises and lovely little uh, sort of uh, special messages. Yeah, they went to schools, they went yes. to hospitals, you and know. they arrive in Edinburgh. Horrible people that they are. <laughs> they arrive Ghastly. in Edinburgh. <laughs> and they're welcomed, they're so welcomed. And Nicola, rather than 
saying welcome and lovely mm. to have you here. She then gets the, the palace called up and do they know that they're about COVID restrictions and blah, blah, blah. Guess who helped arrange the visit? Her government. Right. So her government arranges William and Kate to come to Edinburgh and Nicola then starts complaining about it. Mm. So she's a plank for that, but also she's, she's a plank generally as well because she's just a, she's this puritanical uh, leader who's going on about freedom all the time. She wants freedom of Westminster to hand it over to Brussels. She wants freedom of Westminster and yet she keeps her own country under such strict COVID shackles. Mm. Um, I actually think she's quite she's quite a character that manages to get away with so many flaws, yeah. so many issues by our media because they're all very, oh, but she's a bit left. But there's a reason for that as well because the media in London doesn't really understand Scotland, so they don't really know what to make oh, of her. They think that she's doing a great job because she I keeps saying... Such an easy time. Because they don't know what's going on up there, right? And the, the media up there are so scared of upsetting her that they don't really very much actually have a go. Yeah, because she's, she's it's, just also not worth, a it's not worth doing. It's a one-party state. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really is. It, can, can you imagine if William and Kate did not visit Scotland because they said yeah. that we don't want to offend you know, yeah. Her Royal Highness Nicola Sturgeon. The first thing Nicola Sturgeon would come out in a press conference the next day is to say, I can't believe that we've been slighted mm. as a nation. Well, I wonder whether this is all about being slighted because I wonder whether in uh, the process of the planning stages, somebody from her government said, oh, uh, perhaps you'd like to pop by Butte House and on your way to Edinburgh, you know, General, and maybe you know, pop in for tea with Nicola. And they said no. <laughs> and maybe that's why she's, you know... As you would. But she well, takes every opportunity yeah. she can, I think, to, to take a bit of a swipe. I know she she's refused in the past to curtsy to the Queen. She'll only offer the Queen her handshake. Um, you know, she said, oh, there's a big debate around the future of the monarchy. It needs to be talked about. I mean, I think the problem is, as you say, she's an opportunist. She took this opportunity rather than to welcome royals who made the trip up to pay respects to her people yeah. to take a swipe well, excuse me they're not her people Sorry. actually they're our people That's right true. now i have a, some skin in the game here because both my parents were from scotland two of my kids were born in scotland right and i find it absolutely objectionable that if under her plans there ever was to be a second referendum that i as an interested party would not have a vote but if i came over from belgium and settled in edinburgh because she's very interested in welcoming lots of people from europe you get to vote on Scottish independence from the UK, which I think is entirely wrong. And, and, and if it's any consolation, a kind of sub-plank to your nomination yes. is Vaughan Gething, who about two hours ago came out and said a very similar thing. He's the Welsh health minister that yeah. no one's probably ever heard of, uh, said that effectively Kate and William should have bypassed Wales um, because it's inappropriate that they should be mixing uh, and out and about. I mean, where do these people get these facts from? I mean, they're literally picking them off a tree and going, oh, you can't come here because yeah. you're yeah. obviously going to bring coronavirus. But the point is that they about. adhered to the COVID government acceptable... Well, uh, also, they're working, which is allowed sniping. under the rules of travel in Scotland. It's sniping. But if, if ever there was a time for the royal family, mm. given what they've been through, thanks to your friends Harry and Meghan over the yeah. last year or two, Indeed. if ever there was a time that was appropriate for the royal family to come out and about and start kind of, you know, pressing the flesh, yeah. albeit at a proper social distance, um, it's now, isn't it? It? it makes me wonder whether Nicola had a certain phone call from that couple over in LA or wherever they are, um, because they, as a team, they're, they're pretty disrespectful to the royal family. Terribly disrespectful, which we'll come on to in a minute. I should also give an honourable mention to a guy called David Linden, MP, um, who's an SNP MP, who apparently used public funds and claimed it on his expenses to send 200 birthday cards to a bunch of people turning 18. Now, apart from the general creepiness of doing something like that in any event, questions are being asked about how he got their addresses, number one. Number two, what did he say and what was his point? And clearly the point was, well, now that you're 18, you can vote for the SNP. And he's charging us... The Westminster, um, you know, taxpayers yeah. mm. uh, to pay for it. Yeah. 
to mm. kind of schmooze uh, yes. potential political he's, he's had to give support. the money back, funnily enough. But no word from Nicola about that. She hasn't said much about that. Or indeed about Ian Blackford uh, and his tra travails around the country. Nor indeed about that woman SNP member of parliament, who's still a member of parliament, albeit not as of the SNP, but still attached to the SNP. Mm. Um, hasn't ever said, Margaret Ferrier, I think her name is, hasn't ever said really sorry you know, continues to act as if nothing bad happened. Mm. Extraordinary. They get away with everything. They do. Second, uh, second choice for you. So my second nomination is one of your peers in the media, I'm afraid, Kay Burley. Oh, yes. But the reason I nominate her is not so much that she broke the rules. And she did go out with, you know, a party of friends, including Beth Rigby, yeah. two other presenters and others. Yeah, yeah. Apparently across two tables, which breaks the law. Apparently going into a restaurant to use the loo, which breaks the law. Then back to her own well, house. Well, there's two different versions of events, isn't there? Allegedly. There's her version of events and there's Guido Fawkes' version of events. Yeah, but the issue remains, apart from the fact that she broke the rules, of course, that she's she's kind of up there as um, on, a, on a pedestal. She's spent the last nine months, ten months, chastising anybody and everybody that has crossed her desk that has broken the rules, mm. namely people like Dominic Cummings, famously, yeah. who she's hounded via other, you know, via ministers yeah. that come onto her Sky News programme. Um, so... There's a huge element of hypocrisy. Well, Sky News was also parked out of Dominic Cummings' house yeah. for about three so weeks. So there's the hypocrisy. Mm. But I guess as someone in the media that presumes that your career is going to continue for some time, how on earth, as a presenter and a journalist, do you then, in the future, interview people that have transgressed the rules yourself? Mm. She can't now, can she? No. Um, well, very famously, Beth Rigby is doing the rounds at the moment, quizzing Dominic Cummings in that famous kind of, you know, scene in the garden, you know, it was like the Garden of Gethsemane, you know, where old, uh, Cummings is sitting there being tortured by the media <laughs> and she says how can you countenance not resigning, not resigning. Mm. very forcefully and with a great deal more I would say bias than I would expect a television journalist to have well and if the cap fits and, and of course Dominic Cummings let's not forget was not an elected politician no uh, he was employed the same as Beth Rigby and Kay Burley are employed by their news organisation yeah. so I, I suspect they've had their, napples, uh, their knuckles wrapped fairly significantly right. today yeah. um, be interested to see what well she was uh, obviously uh, told not to go on the air she had apparently off. gone up to Coventry to, uh, uh, to be the first to report on the, the, the first vaccine that was going to be delivered to a, a woman from Northern Ireland in a Coventry hospital. She would have been spitting mad about yeah, that. Yeah. So she won't. I mean, people have said, well, maybe she's done the right thing and decided to withdraw. I very much doubt it. No, Kay Burley, it was not her we choice. do. Was I was once uh, due to do a sort of co-presenting thing with her once at some dinner or other, and she came up to me before it started and said, uh, you don't really want to do this, Mike, do you? And I said, well, to be honest, I don't really mind. She's like, do you mind if I do it on my own? I was like, yeah, fine, whatever. I'll just sit here and have my dinner <laughs> and, get, and get drunk. That'll be fine with me. And, and, I mean, that's what she's like. I mean, I, I actually quite like Kay Burley because what you see is what you get. Yeah, I and she's quite fun socially. Um, the only question I would also have uh, is apparently her actual birthday is December the 17th. Now, surely it wouldn't be that she was saying it was her birthday. And it wasn't. In order for it to seem like a special occasion. Yeah. Surely oh, Mike, she wouldn't do that. The reason it sticks in everyone's throat, I think, is not because of the restrictions, because the hospitality restrictions, I think some are completely unjustified. It's the total hypocrisy. And there are, there are people in the media that have spent months now pointing their finger, yeah. judging everybody, but also really um, whipping up fear mm. and making people terrified of leaving their own yeah. homes. And yet they're going out and flouting all the rules. And and, and when I, I tweeted uh, to, back to her apology saying, you know, the kindest, humane thing to do would be to accept that people make mistakes yeah. and human error when they're trying to get on with life, i.e. you in the media need a lesson on compassion and how to treat yeah. people 
kindly. Yes. Because at the moment, there is a viciousness and a nastiness mm. in the media through Brexit, through COVID, yeah. about attack, attack. And, and it's play. attack anybody K that K you don't is, agree with. And that's exactly. the thing. And Kay is one of those... Um, so I, I think the, the other reason I've nominated her, I guess, is not just because of the hypocrisy and the fact that she should know better. It, it's just the arrogance, the almost the this kind of self-entitlement, the, 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 the privilege... Uh, on the basis that, you know, she's a kind of star, she's a bit of a celebrity, she's therefore she can do what she wants. Yeah. Um, well, also, she's you not, can't. you know, she's not a very stupid woman, right? And to put in an apology, I inadvertently made an error. <laughs> oh, really? really? Yeah. 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 inadvertently made an error by writing that crap. Yeah, it's a fake expecting apology. anybody <laughs> to know, believe it. Wouldn't it be nice if she just said, look, I can see how awful this is going to look. I'm a total hypocrite. I'm yeah. really sorry yeah, yeah. for accusing everyone else. Please forgive me. No, it's a fake I think apology. everyone would have been a bit yeah. kinder towards her. Yeah. Um, but I suspect, I suspect, as you say, what goes before will not be forgotten and I mean Beth Rigby for me is actually worse in a way because she used to go to those daily briefings mm. until we were all sick of it you know it was her Peston um, and Laura Kunzberg would ask the most ludicrous questions quite often kind of asking Boris Johnson and Matt Hancock why are you not making the lockdown harder mm. why are you not telling people that they must not do this and this and this almost as if they were kind of encouraging the government to make it even more impossible for people to have a life you know yeah and she, and also the thing you're going to say is that, you know, do you think this is the first time this has happened? No, of course not. Probably not. Mm. Yeah, what don't but like I know? say, I'm, I'm not with those people who think that she should be fired or no, she should resign or anything like that, no. because that's not the way we are. I mean, no. at Talk Radio, we basically say, look, you know, some of these conditions are ridiculous, like the one that says, if mm. you're going to a pub, you must have a substantial meal. I mean, what a complete and utter load of claptrap. And I kind of, I, I get this, and I bounce your better knowledge about all things media, Mike, but Sky News didn't mention it this morning. Really? Oh, now, right. it's a massive news story, isn't yeah. it? Because of the hypocrisy, yeah. because she's very, you know, very well placed as a, as a newsreader, as a, as a presenter, yeah. as a journalist. But you would imagine that someone at Sky News would have said, look, we can't ignore this, we can't pretend this hasn't happened, that there would be a statement or something mm. whereby they could kind of, you know, reverse out of it somehow. Yeah. No, it was, it was glossed over as but do you know what that tells me? That tells me they're not sure what the way out of it is yet because I think they're now owned by a very much more serious contender for political correctness, and that is NBC in America, right? They're no longer owned by this organisation that we used to uh, yeah. that, that used to own Sky, which was the Rupert Murdoch organisation. They're now owned by NBC, which is a far more um, by-the-book operation, if you like, and they will not be happy about this because, you know, Kay Burley sees herself as the queen of Sky, well, not in New York, they don't. Mm. In New York, she's just another newsreader. And to be clear, it's not just Kay, Beth Rigby, it's also Sam Washington, I think, yeah. and uh, somebody else whose name I forget. Some bloke who's now working for 5G, apparently, yeah. or, or Huawei. Huawei, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. out the front, I don't think the any fire. of them should resign. I don't think anyone should resign. For, for minor errors over COVID. Um, I think that's a, that's a horrible way to live, whatever your politics. Um, I just think a nice, normal, healthy apology from Kay. Yeah, or maybe stock, one. stocks and rotten fruit. <laughs> but, you know, the, the, but you're right. I mean, it does put into question anything she it does in the future. Yeah. You know, because that, hold someone to any MP who gets asked a difficult question about the COVID rules... Gosh, mm. that's true. ...will we'll no, be able to say, well, I'm sorry. So it kind of weakens her position. That's why all of these machinations are quite subtle. Yeah. Well, then Beth know. has to go as well. It wouldn't be fair otherwise. Well, I mean, and then where do you go? She's not going to be... I bet you she won't be the next briefing asking the questions. Interesting. Fascinating <laughs> times. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. 
That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Right, now back to the Royals, because I'm afraid it wasn't going to be the case, because, um, you know, he was in it last week, but Prince Harry, I'm afraid, has made it once again. Um, I thought it was going to be a kind of Prince Harry and Meghan free zone this week. But unfortunately, uh, they decided to announce that they're going to have some honours of their own. They're going to forget about the Queen's birthday honours. You can get Harry and Meghan's birthday honours instead. And it's going to be the kind of woke awards of the year, isn't it? It's going to be, you know, for best, you know, environmental... What are they going um, to do, plant a tree for each recipient? Or presumably, yeah, yeah, presumably. I mean, what the one thing you can be sure of is it will be televised. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> Meghan will be front and centre of any video that they make as they uh, sit there and she stares adoringly into his eyes like she always does and they hand over some virtual thing, right? Because, you know, the absolute... And I saw Angela Levin on for the Mail, um, the royal writer, saying, she said it's a bit like children trying to play grown-ups, trying to play mummies and daddies, you know, because the Queen is the Queen. You don't mess with the Queen. You mm. don't go... Or undermine her. Well, it's all very well that she's got the honours list, but we can do our own. Mm. And you can imagine them just sitting there in their Montecito mansion with the 16 toilets, you know, going, you know, which one should we use this week, you know, mm. um, and thinking, well, we're really more relevant than she is, which is what she thinks. I mean, Meghan Markle thinks that she's no, more she relevant than the Queen. It's fascinating to think that she thinks she can compete with Her Majesty the yeah. Queen on popularity. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you can be sure none of us will ever be on the list for those gods. I don't think so. I don't think so. In fact, I'm expecting a letter from my learned friends soon <laughs> because, uh, you know, I, why am I not being sued by Prince Harry? Soon, that's the other reason. You feel left out, Because not only has he already now... Uh, got one lawsuit going against the Mail on Sunday. He's got another one going, uh, which was started this week, because apparently he's upset that they wrote a story in October suggesting that he had cut all ties with the military and the Marines, for which he used to be, you know, the sort of the, the mascot or the commander-in-chief, I can't remember which. Um, but despite the fact that he's moved away, uh, that he has nothing to do with them anymore, and that he, in fact, said that he was rescinding all uh, work that he was formerly doing for the military, he now says that's not right and it's unfair and he's suing them. So he's now got two lawsuits against the same newspaper. What does I he mean, do with his time? I mean, it's just ridiculous. Oh, I can't I imagine. Him, though. Don't you a bit, Not like, anymore. I mean, you know, I'll never forget him and William walking behind. I know. His coffin I know. And everything so I, I don't, you know, I kind of expect him to be a bit damaged and a, and a bit keen to be with a dominant woman. Yeah, yeah. Because he misses out on that, that female role of motherhood. Yeah. And so I get all that. What I can't bear is that I want privacy to make sure I'm in the media all the time on my terms. Line. Right. And, and the other thing I can't bear is the disrespect to the Queen. Go off and have your life. We all yeah. wish you well. Well, I mean, I said to Angela this week, why could they not have come home for Christmas? Why could they not have come to see the mm. Queen? Prince Philip is not going to be around for a lot longer. Yeah. The Queen may not be around for a lot longer. I mean, they haven't seen their little great-grandson, have they, for long enough? I mean, I surely... The, the sad thing is the way that it appears Meghan manipulates him. Yeah. And I think... Do we all know how this plays out in the next year, two, three, four years? Harry comes back on his own, tail between his leg, having uh, legs, having split up from Meghan, yeah. and hopefully, yeah, come back all is forgiven and so on. He'll be invited back into the royal family fold. But then he'll we have to break the bad end. news to them that unfortunately um, he's lost Windsor Castle in the divorce, <laughs> and she's coming back to live there. I mean, that'll be, it'll be a big well, comic. Well, she want the that crown jewels, Megan. She'll think she's entitled to She it. might. I mean, but you can imagine the lawsuit, can't you? Can you imagine yeah. her getting divorced? She will come after everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She will literally try and strip the royal family oh, bare. There's at least three books in it. And become her. the Queen of California. <laughs> the divorce. I mean, you know. whole cha- chapters. Well, I think she's probably going to go for trying to be a governor of California or something. I think she's going to oh, yeah. up the line of politics. Well, I mean, I was joking the other Mark day Harris. that uh, if she was manipulative enough, she might just make her way into the court of King James, of St. James and end up being the British American ambassador 
ambassador to Britain. Can you imagine? Oh, I'm not sure living in Regent's Park. <laughs> I think she, she does think she's, uh, or rather she is a pound shop version of Michelle Obama, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, she is. You could see in the run-up to the presidential election, the fact that she was kind of popping up in a lounge and doing all sorts of kind of YouTube addresses. Yeah. I think you're right. She definitely fancies herself as a future politician. Yeah. yeah. You've got Michelle Obama, you know, lawyer, first lady. Yeah. Her wife Dignified. Of, wife of a two-term president. Mm. Yeah. Meghan Markle, suits. Yeah. I love Michelle Obama. That's another thing. <laughs> yeah, that's another story. Right, so we're back to number three. Yes, my number already. third plank is uh, Michelle Bad Faith Barnier. Nah. Um, I, I thought you were going to say Michelle Obama. Michelle Obama. Oh, no, Michelle. Uh, call him, uh, I've Michelle been I've spent too many, many months in Brussels. It is Michelle, huh? Not Michael. But the reason why he is my plank, and actually, whereas I can see the idiocy and plankery of my last two, that this one's actually really serious. Mm. Michelle um, and his negotiating team, from the very start, have been acting in bad faith towards the UK. Yeah. A trade deal could have been done months and months and months ago. It was very easy. Uh, they, in fact, offered it. But mm. as soon as they saw Boris um, you know, keen to accept it, they snatched it back, and it was all about sovereignty. So these talks are not about trade. They're about how much the EU can meddle in our domestic affairs and to wear Boris down enough that he'll accept it. And, and the thing that really gets me about Michelle, he said today when he was um, interviewed, oh, how the talk's going, he said, oh, it is a school of patience. Uh, no, a university of patience. And I thought, hang on a minute. One of the biggest EU tactics for this whole thing has to be... Is, uh, has been to draw out this whole process to make it as painful and as long-winded yes. as possible. It, it is literally the essence of their tactic, their negotiation and even tactic, today. to make it long and painful. Yeah. Um, and Boris should have walked away, of course, a million times. He hasn't, so they see him as weak. Um, and the fact is, he is not a friendly. He's not just a plank. He is not a friendly, mm. and he is not representative of the European people, most of whom we just want a blooming trade deal. Yeah, yeah. Most of the EU nations don't actually care about fish. It's right. only a couple that are barking on about it. Um, they just want to get on with it. Profit drives trade, not politics, but you've got Michelle meddling, 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 mm. meddling. They cannot let us go. It's like this emotional, we cannot let you free because you belong to us and right. we must remain a colony. And funnily enough, for the, for, for the amount of kind of emotion that appears mm. to have been invested in the whole relationship, it's a pretty short relationship. I mean, people have been married for longer, you know? <laughs> know it's like, it's not, you, you know, the Scots talk about, oh, it's only 300 years that we've had union. You go, well, it's quite a long time. Yeah. But, I mean, compared to the EU, I mean, the EU's nothing, is it? In fact, it's really only since 1992 yeah. is the start of the EU, which mm. no one, by the way, had a vote of joining. No. Um, but he's just so charming and charismatic. Everyone thinks, oh, Barnier. You get all the Remainers, you know, almost throwing their knickers at him because right. he's some kind of rock star of, of charm and romantic right. French man. But, but we should he's be clear. Not, he's calculated. We he's should be clear what he did, uh, apparently influenced by President Macron this week, mm. which is to say, look, we, we've, we want to completely move the goalposts in that we want Britain to sign up to the fact that they will adhere to all future EU rulemaking. Mm. Well, that's why we left in the bloody yeah. first place. Yeah, right. So why on earth would we sign up to that? So forget the fish argument for a second and the fact they're, guess what, they're our fish, they're mm. not everybody else's fish, another yeah. reason why we're leaving. But, but the, the other Apparently question, they belong to the sea, don't they? Well, apparently so, well, <laughs> depending where they are. But, but the other thing I want to know, where, where's the CEO of Audi, Volkswagen, BMW? Yeah. Because apparently 20 to 25% of all BMW, Audi, Volkswagen, Porsche exports come here yeah. in the UK. Yeah. So if there's no deal and we end up on WHO terms and there are tariffs, all of those things become more expensive, which means, therefore, to your point, they get less competitive. So 
at a time when the pandemic's dictating that economically things are pretty, you know, torturous at the moment, um, this could be devastating for those car manufacturers and food manufacturers mm. and clothes manufacturers on the basis that, what is it, 300 billion quid's worth of exports come to the UK from Europe? I mean, they're playing pretty fast and loose, the EU negotiating team, I think, with their own economies. Yes. Yeah. And, and, but where are these CEOs of these German car companies saying, hang on a sec, you can't take this to the wire and end up with no deal because it will kill us. Mm. And Michelle Barnier is in fact breaking, breaching the withdrawal agreement. What Article 184 says that the negotiations have to take place with good faith, best endeavours. Right. So why, isn't, why aren't Sky and BBC ever hauling him and his team yeah. up? Um, no, because they always describe it as, as Britain not knowing what it wants, don't they? That's how they always, and, and they always very categorize. clear. Here's a free trade deal. If you want it, take it. If not, tell us. We've yeah. said that. So, yeah, so our tactics originally, up to a few weeks ago, were, look, we'll come over and we'll have a chat, as David Frost has done a number of times, and if you don't like it, yes, we'll walk away. All of a sudden, though, today, of course, Boris Johnson jumped on a plane and he's, you know, effectively acquiesced. Mm. He's, he's over there kind of singing to their role. tune. Now, I see both sides of that. On the one hand, I think that shows a bit of weakness. I'm quite disappointed mm. that he's done that. I guess at least Boris can turn around at the end of this week and say, hey, I tried, it wasn't me. I think so. that's the point, isn't it? That that's, that's, I mean, that's part of his kind of COVID policy now as well, that, you know, they have to keep trying everything. Or to flip-flop. Um, uh, rather than, yeah, <laughs> rather than actually be accused of possibly not doing something that you didn't need to do. Mm. You better just do it anyway, because that way people can't say you didn't do it. And it's kind of a mad way to run... Government, is. And I just don't like anyone who wants to punish a, a friendly neighbour just a, a, with a political agenda yeah. to, to try and stop others from leaving the union. Well, and and, and Michelle, Michelle is leading it. He really needs to be taken... Oh, but has he not been sort of taken back a step by old um, Ursula von der Leyen, as I call they, her? They're, they're fighting. They're, the infighting yeah. is, is really? hysterical. You've got yeah. Macron, you know, screaming, yeah. I will never give up my The little French bloke in the corner. But the You've thing, got Ursula having her knuckles wrapped by Barnier yeah. for, for It's obvious to me the thing that the EU are really scared about is our competitiveness. That, that's what this is all about. Yeah. They want to load the deck to make sure that we are naturally more competitive when it comes to selling our goods yeah. and our services to the rest of the world. And that's what this whole level playing field obstruction is all I about. Mean, who exactly are they? How dare they? That's why we, we voted to leave. Mm. So, you know, <laughs> on your bike. But also, <laughs> apart from the mad Remainers, that, as you say, with throwing knickers at uh, Barnier all the time <laughs> and telling everybody how great Europe is. You know, I mean, I love Europe. Europe's a great yeah. place. But, I mean, there are no countries in Europe which work better than Britain does, mm. regardless of what they say. You know, you ever been to Belgium? You know, ever been to Italy? Yep. You know, beautiful, wonderful, great places. But, you know, you don't get a sense that anyone's running it. Oh, you don't get a beautiful. sense that there's anything other than just complete anarchy. And my friends and, you know, skeptic friends uh, um, down with Frexit. They say, actually, uh, Michel Barnier is not considered a Frenchman at all. Right. He is 100% European, and this is the problem with Brussels. They, mm. they, they sign off any allegiance yeah. to their own country, and they become obsessed with this sort of... With, I the, am project. A, with the project. Yeah. And it makes them quite dangerous. And, yeah. and that's why I think this all this... Well, because they don't believe in... In individual kind of freedom, they don't believe no. in individual uh, patriotism. No. You know, I was listening to an interview with the um, uh, some woman called Heidi, who's some kind of Green um, Party person from Germany, who's now the I think vice president of the EU or something. Um, I'd never heard of her before, but she was going on about how you know it's all about large groups now. It's nothing to do with small countries. You know, nothing to do with you having British British roles on the world stage. Why would you want that? You know, it's all about having big. You know, mass, massive. You know, groups of countries together. Empire building. I know, I know. But apparently, we <laughs> shouldn't have done that. Empires, but how come everybody now wants them to do it? Who hates Europe? The is a lovely it. place. We just don't want to be told what to do by them. That's it's all. as simple as that. And many Europeans don't either. We're not alone. Mm. <laughs> you know? No, I mean, Europe is one of the most anarchistic 
places on earth. You know, hardly anybody does what they're told. Mm. You know, they hardly ever pay any taxes they're supposed to pay. You know, if they get told they can't do something on a Sunday, they do it anyway. You know, we're about the only people in the EU who actually do what we're told. Um, yeah. And many of them are relying on Brexit to work because we're a beacon of light to them. Mm. We, we, they, they have their own democratic movements trying to push the EU sort of state back. And they're like, please make Brexit work because if it doesn't, if they make sure it fails, we're all doomed. Yeah. All our movements are doomed and we're, we're, we're done for. Ah, exactly um, right. So, yeah. Well, that's Michelle a very good one, this week. I think. So, Russell, your third? Yeah, so my third is um, uh, a kind of recurring name I think it's it's the BBC but underneath that in particular yeah. the Vicar of Dibley yeah the BBC in their wisdom have allowed the Vicar of Dibley to shoot a whole bunch of mini sketches for Christmas apparently including one that particularly pays tribute and takes the knee I might add to <laughs> Black Lives Matter now it's a I, bit of a recurring on, theme on Christmas Day you know I can just about tolerate Dawn French on Christmas Day particularly if it's only a 10 minute sketch frankly but I do not want me my family my kids or whoever's allowed to sit around my Christmas table this year to have to sit there ingesting yet another party political broadcast on behalf of Black Lives Matter yeah. Extinction Rebellion and so on now we all pay a licence fee although I'm very seriously considering not paying my licence fee going forward seriously mm. um but to be preached to... If you did that, would you? Would that mean you wouldn't watch anything at all on television? Well, I, wouldn't watch the iPlayer either? No, I mean, I hardly do, yeah. frankly, you know, which I think is testimony to the fact that it's an unaccountable organisation that just produces crap. Um, yeah, but they'll no say you can't watch anything else, right? They'll say you can't watch ITV either, won't they? No, no, but Netflix is brilliant. Yeah. You know, it's just, um, you know, Amazon Prime, and so I think I'd get by, frankly. Yeah. Um, and I object being taxed to watch the telly. But not just that, I object to being taxed to watch stuff that nobody really has a stake in. There's no accountability. Mm. There's, there's no one taking the fall. I mean, have you seen the Christmas schedule this year? Yeah, it's, it's awful. Absolutely appalling. It? It's yeah. so bad, it's got Mrs Brown's bloody boys on yeah. it yet again. Oh, no. Well, it's How all the same. It's the same every year, isn't it? Yeah. And the Vicar of Dibley is about 20 years old now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, I love the Vicar, Vicar of Dibley. Dawn French is one of my favourite. But we won't like it this year. But, but do you know what happened? <laughs> what happened to? Was it Britain's Got Talent where um, Alicia Dixon wore the BLM oh, yeah. necklace and was? Well, there was like, a diversity know, dance. Wasn't a, there? a diversity dance. Look what happened. The ratings went. Yeah. So I don't know what the Vicar of Dibley is doing because it's clearly on a suicide mission if it wants to start getting but, political. But this is the problem. Of course, if it was ITV and their advertiser said, "Well, don't do that again. We don't want to be part of that." Well, the BBC don't have to worry about it again. They're not accountable, so they can just do what they want. Yeah. Well, do you remember ITV took an advert out in all the national newspapers to say that they were very happy with what they'd done and really continued to do the right thing. They didn't put them in a week after when they realised they'd lost half their audience. Yes, exactly. You know, that was the end of that campaign. I mean, yeah. woke eat the woke. You know, there are, there are repercussions yeah. for bringing politics into And again, them, so. it's nothing to do with people being racist. It's everything yeah. to do with the fact that people on a Saturday night want to sit down yes. and have a bit of a laugh with their kids yeah. and watch something that's entertaining. Yeah. They so don't I, wish I, to be I cold. want to choose when I ingest political opinion. So if yeah. I want political opinion, I tune it to talk radio. There you go. Genuinely <laughs> so. But when I'm watching The Vicar of Dibley or... Peppa Pig with my kids or whatever. I don't want political statements. You don't really made. want Peppa Pig taking the knee. You don't tell me that's That'll be next. <laughs> and the Teletubbies, that's next. Yeah? yeah. Teletubbies, yes. Or can you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, we could go... What's Tinky Winky doing? Taking yeah. the There's knee. There's probably an underlying political Tinky message Winky there somewhere. Taking the knee. <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. Well, the, the only thing is, though, we don't know how it's going to be portrayed. So the Black Lives Matter kneeling thing could be a kind of a, a parody type funny... No, no, it's, just, no, it's not apparently. You can't, really? No, you can't make fun of it. Oh, for no, heaven's sake. No. Hope for the best. No, the commentary around it is apparently out of the. How to never get another job at the BBC? Yeah. Yeah. However, however many sketches there are that are going to be part of this Dibley thing, <laughs> apparently it's the least funny one, which is going so. That is going so. How can BLM be funny? But apparently, no, it's a, it's a proper sermon. It's Ooh. preaching.
thing about you know diversity and tolerance and acceptance. That's not what the Vicar of Dibley do, yeah. does, is it? It's not what it does. No. But not diversity of thought, remember. I of mean, course. we get preached about diversity. You can only think one thing. You can only BBC think the way that the left wants to think. You have to think this way, otherwise we will take you outside. I mean, that is what it is. Yeah. Um, we are getting so no that. diversity in, in political thought at all, I think, yes. at the BBC at the moment. That's yeah. right. All these people who say profess to be tolerant are actually the most intolerant people you've ever come across because they're not tolerant of anything. 100%. They're only tolerant of their own views. Yeah. And that's not tolerance, <laughs> in my view, yeah. I'm afraid. Uh, right, my final one is a bit localised, but it doesn't have to be because I could rope in Sadiq Khan. Um, who's not, of course, just a, uh, a London mayor. He's a global world political figure, as he, as he would like to know. <laughs> well, that's what he thinks he is. Um, he's, he's well on, on schedule for winning Plank of the Year, by the way, also Deep Khan, which is partly why I don't really want to mention him in this one, because it will give him almost an unassailable lead, and it'll be, we'll have to call it, it'll be like winning the league in May, winning the league too early. Kensington Council. Now, you know a thing or two. You and I, funnily enough, ran into each other in a restaurant not far from Kensington Council, and uh, they've had a big row in Kensington lately about the bike lanes because one of the things that happened over the course of uh, lockdown was that every council in Britain seemed to think it was a great idea to rearrange um, what the roads looked like. You know, it's happened all over the country. It hasn't just happened in London. They've suddenly popped up with, you know, bike lanes here, roundabouts there, you know, all sorts of weird traffic calming measures that have been put in because they thought nobody was driving. But, of course, more people are driving now than ever because people like Sadiq can't keep telling them not to use public transport because it's not very safe. So people quite rightly have gone, okay then, I'll just get in my car, right? So the amount of traffic now is prodigious and ridiculous. But they decided to put this cycle lane down the side of Kensington High Street on one side and down the other side. And not content with just painting it, they put these little poles in, right? So not only are they making it impossible for people to go into that part of the road, they're stopping you know, emergency vehicles from pulling in, they're stopping taxis. I was in a taxi one day and he said, if I had to stop and pick up somebody in a wheelchair who's at the curb, I can't do it been eight because you're not back. able to get to the curb <laughs> yeah. and you can't stop in the middle of the road. And I mean, if they really wanted to do it, they probably should have asked the, 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 the people of Kensington if that's what they wanted because the whole result of it has been that they've put it in and now they're having to rip it out because they didn't really get proper permission. It's cost them over a million quid oh and we know that, you know, local funds are not exactly at a premium at the moment. Um, and it just seems to me that it's incredibly short-sighted, mm. ludicrously sort of despotic. Well, and, and also promoting cycling in London, which is, you know, I get, but in winter. I mean, if you're going to promote it, promote it during the spring well, and the summer. Well, you know what they did as well? Once the decision was made to, to rip it all up, this campaign was begun by various different people. Some of them were celebs, naturally. <laughs> but they started pinning notices to the little poles with little square pieces of card on them saying things like, adopted by Kelly, aged eight. And, you know, adopted by Tristan, aged ten and a half. And they said, we're all supposed to go... I mean, all it made me want to do is go and rip them all out of the ground and start throwing <laughs> them at various children and, you know, <laughs> pinning them to the wall. But it's just... I mean, the world has gone completely mad. I mean, nobody wants these bloody cycle lanes but, but apart from fanatical con cyclists. A conservative council. It's a yeah. conservative council. Which is kind of surprising. Well, not really, because, I mean, a conservative government, I mean, are also now indulging themselves in the green industrial revolution. Say, they are the leaders you know, now. They want you to get yourself a, a heat pump for about 15 grand and do away with the gas boiler. Cameron and the Huskies, isn't it? Yeah. Back to that. Yeah, not quite as vacuous, but I mean, not far, <laughs> not far off from it. You know, I mean, it's just ridiculous. And the idea that they've... I mean, I'd, I'd actually have more sympathy for them if they left it where it was. Mm. The fact that they're ripping it up now... 
and costing even more money yeah. for the public purse is just incredible. But I do think there's this sense when you work for a, a council that it's it's just free money. It's, yeah. it's money that... I've, I've worked before at a de department of central office for information when I was in my 20s. Mm. And I remember how they were then. You know, they'd go into the store cupboard, the staff, they'd, they'd take loads of stuff home. They wouldn't mind making mistakes because it was not really real money. Right. And this is British taxpayers' yep. money. This is like, it's teachers and firemen and people earning an honest living and they trust people with mm. their taxpayers' money. They think it's a game and it's free money and they can always just, you know, try it again. Well, going back to Nicola thing. Sturgeon, she's taking it uh, in the neck this week as well because she's giving so little money, public money, to um, hosp the hospitality industry, right? Whereas in every other part of the UK, they're giving more. And when she was trying to explain it, she talked as if it was her money, yeah. Yeah. as if That's it was, you know, down to her, her great largesse that you were getting anything. Exactly. Mm. And it's that you like, well, be sorry. Grateful to the, yeah. Be grateful to the British taxpayer, but mm. spend that money well. Get as big a bang for the buck as you can. Mm. But in council, I think they slightly disconnected from the reality of where that money comes from. Yeah. and feel they can make as many, many mistakes oh, of course. as they like. With because it. once you've got those kinds of numbers running through your system and your head, you just lose track, it I think. It becomes a button you press. Yeah. I mean, when <laughs> most of us are sort of sitting there going, can I afford to do this this year? Or can I afford to buy a new car? or can I afford to go on holiday? You know, it's because you've got a finite amount of money. Well, These and, guys and don't the, have that. And the, the point is that it's unearned. So those of us with businesses that have to go out and have a proper job, you know, you do what you do and you get money as a consequence. When it comes to local authorities yeah. like government, you know, you open up your bank statement, I guess, as the treasurer of that council or the finance director and the money's just there. It just appears. Yeah. So it's kind of... Well, can yeah. you imagine, you know, when I get my tax bill, uh, my, you know, corporation tax bill, which I have to pay by the 31st of December, um, and I'll just say to them, look, Here's the thing, um, there's been a bit of a coronavirus going on, so why don't you just borrow this hmm. from someone? Instead of taking it from Instead me. Instead of taking it from me, how about that? Yeah. What do you think they'd say? <laughs> <laughs> they'd send the boys round, you know. Oh, so there we are, that's nine. We could carry one over from last week. Hmm. I don't know who that's going to be, um, but it could well be... I've been trying to get Jolien Moore on, on the list for oh. the last two or three weeks, because yeah. he's come out with some cool great cat. things. He really is. He's also <laughs> suing the NHS at the moment. Oh, no. You know, so if he wins that case, that will be more taxpayers' money going into the coffers of the Good Law Project, which, of course, he says is not for profit. So, you know. And, of course, it's Christmas soon. Wasn't it last Christmas that he clubbed that fox to death? That's right. So, yeah. hopefully, we'll so do it again. look out. I've seen a lot of foxes, actually, lately. So, um, yeah, yeah. Maybe, they're, maybe they're getting ready. For so he doesn't just bat the foxes. He bats for Brussels big time. There's he does. There's this, like, clique of lawyers that are just... They oh, worship I know. the altar of the EU. I know. Um, They've like, all blocked me. Funnily enough. Because <laughs> well, the money trickles out of it into their pockets. Yeah, it's it? all free money. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Um, so, right. So, now we have to whittle it down from nine to three. Mm -hmm. Right. So, why don't you choose your favourite one of Russell's and we'll go in that general direction. So Russell's your... Millwall three. Crowd, yeah. Kay Burley and team, um, and Vicar Dibley. It was. Um, Millwall, the football guys. Okay. So it's the football league, isn't it? Football is it football league, league? Well, yeah. it, it's the, the anti-Millwall crowd commentary, I think I termed it as, and the professional football Yeah, kneeling at sports. We've said that we're going to go for those individual crowd members. Yeah. We're going to hunt them down. That's right. a big plank for me. So, um, so but, but we have to be specific, though, about who it is. Is it the Professional Football Association? Yeah, the PFA. So we'll the PFA. Not so the, the PFA. All right. So my three, um, you can choose mine, Russell, mm -hmm. Prince Harry, Keir Starmer, Kensington Council. Kensington Council. Kensington Council, you see, <laughs> he hates local councils. He once, did you not put Essex Council in it once? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's yeah, very, yeah, yeah. very... Uh, well, I was a councillor for eight years, you see, so like you, I've seen <laughs> the inner work. You've got the inside, and I need you've to get got them the back. Inside, so. Exactly, when you've worked in that yeah. environment, you know they don't give a what's a flying flamingo about your money. There you go, thank God for that. Mm. Now, um, 
your three? Yeah, so my three, it was uh, Naomi Campbell. Yeah. Um, and then we had... Uh, Michelle Barnier. Uh, Michelle Barnier and... Oh, my gosh, my mind's gone blank. It's Nicola Sturgeon, wasn't Nicola, it? Nicola. Mm. Yeah, left, left's favourite nationalist. I think it might have to be Nicola Sturgeon, you know. <laughs> I think Nicholas Sturgeon, number one for me. Yeah. So that means we're Nicholas Sturgeon, Kensington Council and Professional Footballers Association. Nice. So this is where we decide together, by whichever means you like, democratic or not. Rock, paper, scissors. Mm. That's, we could be here all day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I suppose Nicholas Sturgeon has, has never won Plank of the Week, I don't well, think. And she's got so much form. She's in, been in it yeah. quite a few in times. The past. She's never won it. She's never won it, so she does definitely deserve it. I think taking on the Queen might be, or, you know, the royal family. Taking on the Queen, and she gets away with everything in the press, in the English press. We, they never call her out. I think it is time. Maybe yeah. she wears the Plank crown. Okay, I think so. Because mm. it's nearly, you know, it's nearly Christmas, nearly Hogmanay. She's cancelled that as well, by the way. Yeah. So you can't be having that. So Nicholas oh, Sturgeon. Puritanical. Who would you go for second? Professional Footballers Association, I suppose. Because I think, I think what's going to happen is now that Millwall have said they're now not going to do the knee, that's going to spread, isn't it? Yeah. And they're probably going to have to, they're probably going to have to reverse it. And then Kingsley Council number three. Yeah. So there we are. Nicola Sturgeon, finally, well done, Queen of Scotland. Now plank of the week. Fantastic work. Uh, Belinda, thank you very much indeed. Thanks, Russell, we'll see you for Plank of the Year. Unfortunately, to Belinda's not going to be around for that, but we'll see you soon. Uh, join us next week for more Plankery. Yeah.